following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand on Elliott, plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it in for the touchdown. Now, your hosts, Rob Phillips, Heckma Harrison, Danny Sarek, and Kyle Yeomans. It's another Tuesday edition of Talking Cowboys as we roll along here in this 2020 Dallas Cowboys offseason. And we're going to break down quite a few moves, actually, that the Cowboys have made since the NFL draft a couple weeks ago. Kyle Yeomans here with our resident Super Bowl champion, Isaiah Stanback. We've got Cowboys insider Rob Phillips in our Swiss Army knife of a... Uh, analyst in Heckma Harrison. That's probably the best way to describe Heckma, of course. And we are having some de- technical difficulties with Heckma on the bar- the audio side of things, but we'll get those worked out in the next couple of moments. But guys, it's it's Cinco de Mayo. It's the equinox in terms of the 2020 NFL offseason. 93 days since Super Bowl 54, and it's 92 and a half days pretty much until the August 6th preseason opener of the Hall of Fame game in Canton, Ohio. We're halfway through this offseason, hopefully, but at the same time, there's still plenty to talk about because things just keep on happening, Rob. Cowboys just keep making moves, don't they? <laughs> I mean, we thought we, we talked about it on the show last week that are they done? And obviously they weren't done. They made a couple of signings and, and Andy Dalton being the big one that came down over the weekend. And I just... I want to get Isaiah's take on this because he, like you said, he's the resident quarterback of this group. (laughs) But I just want to say it's not about Dak Prescott. I repeat, it is not about Dak Prescott. You know, look, full disclosure for me, I I don't want to see anybody ever lose their job, especially not in the situation that, that we're in right now across the country, across the world. But from a pure business standpoint, when you look at the Cowboys situation at quarterback, they were going to pay Cooper Rush $2.1 million to probably be the backup quarterback. Andy Dalton now comes in, and if he doesn't play a snap and he's just the backup for Dak, he makes three. And So that's not a, a huge difference, but you're getting a guy that is a three-time Pro Bowler, a nine-year starter, and has been around, taking a team to the playoffs in Cincinnati five times. I think it was a no-brainer for a guy that wanted to come back to Texas. Absolutely. No, this is an awesome pickup. I I repeat, this is an awesome pickup. Again, Will and the rest of the crew have done an amazing job over there at at the Star. Listen, if you can pick up, like you said, this is not about Dak, right? But if you have an opportunity, your job as, as a general manager, your job as a head coach, your job as a scout is to acquire the most amount of talent you possibly can on your roster and making sure that you stay underneath the cap. If you can acquire that, Right, and you can add a talent level like Andy Dalton onto your depth chart. Why would you not? Right. So for everybody that's out there throwing shade and everybody out there that's that's wondering about Dak, Dak is going to get what close to forty million dollars this year. Right. So he's he's the quarterback. Okay. Don't worry about that. Whether it's under the franchise or whether it's underneath a new contract, he's the guy. But you just added somebody who's been to three pro, three Pro Bowls. Right. Yes, sir. Yep. Five times. So somebody who has more experience than your starting quarterback. He's coming in in a position where he could just relax. He can be a coach, right? He could be a mentor. And in case something does happen with Dak, that is your best insurance policy you could have possibly gotten in this entire league. So great move by the Cowboys. Awesome job. They just continue making, making, making the best decisions. And I'm glad we're all on the same page in that regard, that this isn't about Dak. And, and that was going to be a conversation that at least if somebody disagreed, I was going to throw that out there. Uh, <laughs> it, was that even a possibility? I don't think that's the case. I think this is 100% a backup role, and it's a brilliant idea. Because if you look at last year, the Cowboys would have loved to have a guy like Andy Dalton throwing the football down the stretch whenever Dak was having those shoulder issues and he had a little bit of a nagging injury that kind of kept him from being 100%. Now you have a guy that if Dak Prescott isn't 100% and he isn't seeing the same kind of success that he would normally have 
as the Cowboys quarterback, you could pull in an Andy Dalton for a drive or two or kind of switch things up. It opens things up for Kellen Moore even more so, even though you, you did already do that in the draft with C.D. Lamb. Now you open it up with the options of backup quarterback. But Isaiah, it kind of brings me to the question of what kind of competition does this cause? in the quarterback room because now there's four quarterbacks. We had five. Cooper Rush was released over the past uh, couple of days, but you do have four quarterbacks with Clayton Thorson in there, Ben DiNucci, the recent seventh-round draft pick, and then Dak Prescott and Andy Dalton, of course, the, the top two in the quarterback room. But what kind of uh, competition, what kind of conversations are going on in that room, Isaiah? Yeah, I mean, it's really a three-man show uh, right now. I mean, obviously you got Dak. Dak's the guy. Right. I mean, hopefully we can get him signed and get him rolling and be confident in that for however many years, whether it's four year deal, whether it's a five year deal going forward. Um, and then you have Andy Dalton, who's the one year insurance policy. Right. So that's that's mm -hmm. that's your insurance policy that you can know just in case anything happens to Dak. Any team would prefer to have an experienced playoff Pro Bowl quarterback as a as the first option, the first line of defense to be able to come in if something happened to your starter. So that's your insurance policy. And then you got Danucci, who's obviously he's your development guy, right? He's a guy that you picked up that you feel like you know has some good talent, but he needs some time. And who, what better guys to learn from than Dak and um, and Andy? So um, I think that's a great room. It's going to be competitive, right? It does. It should light a fire underneath underneath Dak. Right. Obviously, he knows that he's a guy, but right now he's coming underneath. If unless they get a deal done, he's going to be a one year contract guy. Right. Mm -hmm. He's going to be a franchise guy, possibly. So if he signs that deal, he's underneath a one year contract and him and Andy Dalton are in the same situation just for substantially different money. Right. So Andy Dalton's not going to allow for him to really fall off in terms of his production. Right. Not that he would want to anyway or that he would because it's a money year for him right now. But Andy Dalton is that is that guy that you have to look over your shoulder and be like, crap. I got to be on point because they do have somebody who's proven that I can't fall off because this dude has shown that he's been able to do this. He can do this. And he's waiting for that opportunity because, you know, Andy Dalton's trying to cash a check in next year somewhere. Yeah, Isaiah, that's a good point because he talked about that on Adam Schefter's podcast yesterday, how he's taking a long term view of his career and he's trying to set up the last half of his career. And he thinks that this yeah. is a good, a good move for him, at least for this year. And, and I, he, t he spoke about this, too. Look, we're all facing this COVID-19 crisis across the country. And for him, he has a home. He has his family here in the Dallas area. So uh, to not have to pick up and move your family during an uncertain time made yeah. sense for him. He, he said that that was a factor. Uh, but you're right. You know, Mike McCarthy comes in. And he wants to develop the quarterback room. He talked about that before the draft. So Ben DiNucci's one addition. And now you've got a guy in Dalton who says, look, I'm, I'm willing to help however I can. I think he understands his role. Uh, but it's an interesting move by the Cowboys because it's, it's a little bit of a departure from what they've done in, in recent years. You know, I think it's kind of started with Dak. Yeah, they get yeah. Dak in the fourth round and they develop him into a starter and they feel like, okay, let's go that route with our backups. We can maybe go a little cheaper, but we, we're proven that we can develop young quarterbacks. It didn't work with Brandon Whedon and Matt Castle, and that's, that's where the departure went. But now... You know, th this is, like you said, I think this was just too good an opportunity to pass up for a number two guy. Well, sure. and it does and go, I, 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 I'll go I for it, Isaiah. In a sense, no, no problem. I agree with you in the sense that they've stayed away from competition in this particular room for a long time. Mm -hmm. Right, like like genuine, real competition. Not no disrespect to the guys of the past, like Whedon, the guys that you've mentioned. Right, but this is the first time that they've added anybody of that that can truly challenge the starter aside from Dak. Right. Aside from Dak, when Dak came in and Dak was the backup to Romo, that was the first time that they really had any talent that could really challenge that, that starting position. So I think that this is an absolutely awesome move because it does make that room more competitive. In, in every other position, if you're going to be competitive, why would you always steer away from it at the quarterback position? You need somebody pushing it in that regard. And we're seeing the same thing kind of happen in Green Bay. Yeah, you and you saw that happen in Green Bay with – Mike McCarthy at the helm with Brett Favre and then of course Aaron Rodgers there as well now they're doing it again with Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love and we'll see how that kind of works out but I don't think this is a similar situation by any means now you're no. you're talking about your starting quarterback being 26 years old and now your backup's 32 and has been to a couple of Pro Bowls and has had a longer career and had 10 seasons compared to four seasons of being a quarterback in the NFL. And I, I like what oh, Rob man, kind of brought up in the fact of it being the backside of Andy Dalton's career and him setting himself up for success. This is as much of a, a gamble for Andy Dalton 
as it is for the Cowboys. And I think that's one of the biggest things uh, moving forward to look at. I believe we have Heckma back with us. Are you here, Heckma? Man, you guys, you know I'm not, I'm not made for these technical difficulties, man, <laughs> at all. And uh, but but yeah, I've been been listening to you guys trying to get these things, get everything fixed. Um, look, I, I don't know as far as uh, I just wanted to tell you guys about my initial reaction to the Andy Dalton signing, and I, I thought like every well, I hope I thought like everyone else is that this is just a continuation of the brilliance of the front office signing a guy like Andy Dalton. I mean, for years we've been needing a formidable backup, and we got that. I'm sure Rob and Isaiah has already crossed this bridge. But, guys, I I just felt as though there was no conspiracy uh, there. And maybe I'm just one of those less woke people. (laughs) I I didn't see the conspiracy. I didn't think that there was anything to the fact that we signed uh, Andy, I only the only thing I thought was that's brilliant, you know, brilliant on behalf of Will McClay and Stephen Jones and Jerry. Like I said, the front office just making this decision to bring in a guy that, if all else fails, we know that look, we have a, a guy at the back of quarterback position that can win us one game. If you go back to Philadelphia last season, I believe that if we had Andy Dalton healthy in a situation where, you know, Dak Prescott's shoulders sublocated for for the win uh, to go to the playoffs, I think we all trust Andy Dalton could win us a game. Um, but because we had no faith in our backup, we sent Dak out there and he struggled. Yeah, and you know, I I don't know how much the shoulder limited him in that game mm-hmm. I mean I, I'm sure it did a little bit but I but I do think what it did was the lack of practice time seemed to throw off his timing so either way you know I think the injury affected him in in the biggest game of the season trying to make the playoffs and and to you guys point I was trying to go back and, and think of the last time the Cowboys had a backup quarterback that they brought in not not Tony Romo who wound up being won by by injury but a guy they brought in that was this accomplished and technically in his prime. I mean, at 32 Bernie, years old. But, well, you know, let's say Bernie Kosar, maybe? Well, I wasn't even thinking about him. Maybe if you go that, that far back, because... Yeah, you know, yeah. No, no, I mean, Brad, Brad Johnson in 2008 won a yeah. Super Bowl, but he was 39 years old, and when he played, he didn't play well. And Randall Cunningham in 2000 uh, was 37. So yeah. although Dalton had a bad year last year... And really, Cincinnati overall had a bad year. It was a tough year for the whole team. I still yeah. think he's got a lot of years left. And to, and to Isaiah's point, I think he's a guy that can that can still play and has an opportunity. Will have an opportunity to play somewhere else next year as a starter. I think. Yeah, Rob. I mean, to your point, Rob, you're you're touching on on the fact that you know last year's last year's you and Heck both, both touch on the point that last year, right, with an opportunity to go to the playoffs, Dak was forced to play. He had to play. Yeah. Right? Now you guys, now you're putting yourself in a situation as an organization where you can tell your your starter, right, your franchise QB, hey, chill out, right, chill out, get healthy. We he has it, we have it covered, right. He can win this, this he can win this, this game, he can win this the next game if we need to. We have a starter at backup, a proven starter. Let's not be fooled just because Andy Dalton's being a backup this year. He is a starter, right. Yes. That boy's a baller. He's played with some subpar teams and taking them to the playoffs on a continuous basis, right? He's had one premier talent at receiver, right? And he went to the playoffs. Now you're going to come bring him to a team that's completely loaded, right? So if something was to happen to Dak, you can allow for him to get healthy, tell him to relax, chill out, don't rush back. Let's get you right because we need you for the long haul. Long haul not only this season, but we need you for the long haul for the rest of your career to be here and be our quarterback at Dallas Cowboys. Meanwhile, you're also doing Andy a favor because you can say, hey, get in the game, ball out, show everybody that you can still play, win us these games that we need, right, for this buffer time for Dak to get back, if, if, should that be the case, and then you go out there and get the big bank next year. So it's, it's a perfect That's- situation for everybody. Yep. Yeah, Isaiah, that's 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 wonderful, and, and I believe that man, you're spot on in, in everything that you're saying. And Rob, I, I wanted to 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 allude to the Bernie Kosar comparison. You know, in '93 when we won the Super Bowl, we signed Kosar mid. You know, I think after, gosh, I believe it was uh, he was released by the Cleveland Browns mid-season, and he comes in and he wins a Super Bowl. He takes one snap, and that was the final snap of the of the Super Bowl to you know uh, eliminate the play clock. So, hey, if Andy Dalton is coming on to do that, then let's do it. 
All right, let's let's have this. Uh, but at the same time, I, I think another part of the Andy Dalton signing is the fact that we're playing a lot of AFC teams this year too. I think he's going to be. Uh, a guy that's going to help Dak Prescott in uh, the fact that we're playing some teams that we, like the Pittsburgh Steelers, we hadn't played them in, what, four or five years? Uh, even uh, Baltimore Ravens, a lot of the other AFC competition that we'll be facing. So I think he's going to be an advisor uh, as well and just eyes and ears for Dak on the field, off the field. Uh, and so I look for this to be a great relationship in the quarterback room from a proven veteran that can obviously help improve Dak Prescott's game. That's the only thing I see here. I don't see this as a slight of Dak Prescott. Now, I don't know what the contract numbers are or none of that, and there's been so yeah. much speculation about what it is, but at the same time, I think that Andy Dalton, man, the red rifle, I'm excited to see him here. Katie, Texas is on. Man, this is, this is good. This is good times to be a Cowboy fan, I tell you. Well, and Andy Dalton's contract is such a low-risk, high-reward type of thing, $3 million, and then the rest of the contract could get up to seven, but that's basically if he ends up going in and playing a ton of the regular season games. If he is just a backup over the course of the 16 games this year, he's going to make $3 million, which is just a fraction more than what Cooper Rush was going to make going into this season as well. But I, I know all of the things that we're saying are great. We're saying, hey, this is a backup that can come in and win football games. This is a backup that's going to teach everybody. I want to play devil's advocate here a little bit. Why uh -oh. isn't Andy Dalton a starter right now? Why was he so bad in 2019 that Cincinnati as a team – uh, decided to move on. I know they they ended up getting a pretty solid little first first overall <laughs> draft pick by the name of Joe Burrow. I sh I'm 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 certain of that. But at the same time, what is wrong with Andy Dalton to the fact that he isn't even in the conversation of being a starter in the NFL? Well, I don't I don't know that he wasn't. I mean, he talked about on Schefter's podcast that he had multiple mm -hmm. options, and I mean, you can just go around the league and make your guesses. Uh, the Patriots need a quarterback. You know, Jacksonville needs a quarterback. Or, or at least they could bring in a guy that could compete for the job. Yeah. Uh, there, there's some teams out there that I think they would they would like to have Andy Dalton on their team. Uh, Isaiah spoke to it. You know, they haven't always had a ton of talent in Cincinnati. And look, like you said, Kyle, they, they got the number one pick. Joe Burrow is a fantastic talent. They have not won a playoff game since 1990. So they decided it was time to go in a different direction. Um, but, you know, D Dalton did take them to the playoffs, I believe, his first five seasons. And yeah. in Cincinnati, that's a franchise that hasn't won a lot of football in, in their history. So, I, you know, I think he probably had some options beyond, uh, beyond going to a place where he's the clear backup. I, I bet he could, he could have wound up somewhere to at least compete, even, that it's, even though the fact that it's already made. Rob, we haven't got any reports yet, but I guarantee you that there is at least five teams that Andy Dalton could have walked straight into the room and just became the starter immediately. Mm. Let's not forget, this dude's a Pro Bowl quarterback. Yeah. And I'm not talking about no second or third, you know, I just got in because somebody chose not to go to the Pro Bowl type guy. Like, this dude's a legitimate Pro Bowl quarterback. He's a beast now. So understand that in this league, for everybody that's out there listening, there's this thing called stress. Right. And, and stress will wear you down. Right. Whether it's in your, in your regular, <laughs> yeah. uh, regular job or whether it's the premier QB for an entire NFL organization. He has been bearing the stress of that organization for nine. Was it nine years? Nine years. Nine. Now? Yeah. All right. He has been bearing that weight. Right. They haven't been good. They haven't surrounded him with talent. He's always had to find a way to make things happen. They've had to, he's had to deal with his number one his number one resource, right? AJ being injured a lot of times, right? Him having to try to figure out a way to still win games. He has been in a very stressful situation. I'm pretty sure that he's gotten to the point where the game just wasn't that fun for him anymore, right? And once you start getting to that point, it starts affecting every aspect of your life. It affects your work ethic. It affects your drive. It affects your personality. It affects your moods. It affects your family, right? So if all that stuff is 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 being uh, <laughs> You know, if all of all those things are, are are in arm's length of becoming just just crumbling on you, then guess what? I need a refresher. I need to step back and I need to just reload and get the love back for this game again, right? So guess what? Let me go home, right? Where's home? Dallas. Let me go home. Let me get my family situated. Let me make sure that they're stable. Make sure that they're happy. Because guess what? Happy wife, happy life, right? Take the stress off of myself in terms of being the man and having to always have to put out and have to figure out a way. And all the media is always going to be on me. Now I get to sit back, be in a great organization, an established organization. I get to be on the highlight in terms of, you know, once I leave here, I get to walk into another situation because this is the media capital, right, in terms of football. 
And guess what? I can, I can just chill, right? And then next year I can go out and I'm a new guy again under a new contract and a new situation and I can just reload and I can refresh. So I think that's what this is for him. Um, it, it's absolutely needed. Trust me, I, I, have been, I was there in my career. I actually walked away from the NFL because I had got to that point. It just, it wasn't worth it anymore. Right. And, and I'm pretty sure he's right on that edge. And he's like, man, this is a perfect situation where I could just go and I could chill for a year and then come back ready to go. Man, the also, red rifle under stress. I don't know about that, Isaiah. <laughs> I mean, look, man, you know, there's no better place to be than a, than a quarterback in the NFL. And I, I mean, look, I'm, I'm just I'm joking with that, man. I just don't think that. You know, at the end of the day, maybe it had something to do with happy wife, happy life. I think it has more to do with the fact that, look, man, I'm coming to the, a point in my career where I'm having to reassess and look at things differently. And Dallas is the place to be. It's a perfect opportunity for him. And you're right. I mean, once the the, the story is told that he could have gone to New, New, New England, maybe Pittsburgh, some other places to be a, a backup quarterback. You know, this is the this is the perfect scenario for a guy like him. And look, man, if you just comb the league and look at guys that have st- have been started quarterbacks that then went to be you know career backups. You know, there are a ton of guys that that have been backups that wanted that went on to be head coaches. Maybe those are his aspirations. And this is the pe- perfect incubator uh, for for that kind of desire. Look, I just look at it like this: Andy Dalton is a guy that has the capacity to win games still, and he chose to come to a team where he knows that, look, they already have their lead dog. I can help this situation. I see that being the move. And if that had anything to do with the work stress that he was under in Cincinnati, then so be it. I mean, but I look at the first five years of his career, the kid, I mean, the guy that it was a winner, you know, going to the playoffs, him, he and A.J. Green and, and a host of other uh, guys with them as well. But over the last four years, I I mean, that team has been decimated by injuries and just the front office problems and coaching, you know, has been a problem in Cincinnati. And so, yeah, man, maybe that's the thing that at the end of the day, he was like, look, I'm sick of all of this. The new coaching situation, us being in the lottery, getting the first pick in the draft had a lot to do with him on his watch uh, as well. So, Kyle, I appreciate you playing devil's advocate in this situation. But look, man, all things being equal, uh, we got a pretty good guy, a pretty good backup. (laughs) For for Dak Prescott. He did. And the thing is, is he had opportunities early in his career to win football games. He's been in the the Cincinnati organization for nine seasons. He made five playoffs. And and toward the end, things kind of trickled away and that pitter-pattered down the stretch. But don't get us wrong, or don't get me wrong in playing devil's advocate. This is a good quarterback. This is a guy who's going to be a starter at some point. And the fact that the Cowboys got him on a relatively low money deal, and the fact that it's a low-risk, high-reward situation, and you can add to a 26-year-old quarterback, I think it's a fantastic signing. Whether or not uh, it's Andy Dalton or Cam Newton or anybody else like that, I don't. I think Andy Dalton's a better quarterback than Cam Newton, but that's a separate situation uh, altogether. But I will say going forward we're going to talk about the fact that there's a new member of the 88 club and there's an expectation around cd lamb is it too high going into his rookie season we'll talk about that coming up next here on talking cowboys i'm jay novacek former tight end for the dallas cowboys back in the day i was the guy who always got the tough yards and that's why i run with john deere today in fact i have a john deere 3025e tractor that can handle any yard work i need to do even the tough yards way out back so if you have one acre or a thousand john deere has the equipment that's just right for you visit a john deere dealer today and run with us we are the official tractor provider of your dallas cowboys essilor is a proud sponsor of the dallas cowboys helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine for a limited time get the essilor next gen offer where you buy the latest generation of transitions lenses with select essilor lenses you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases restrictions apply find a participating eye care professional by visiting essilorusa.com essilor see more do more Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. 
Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too much? Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus! A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score September 2019. Back to Talkin' Cowboys. Here's segment number two here of Talking Cowboys here on a beautiful Tuesday morning. Glad you're with us. Hope you're staying safe out there and staying socially distant. Kyle Yeomans, Hackma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and our Super Bowl champion, Isaiah Stanback. And guys, I, I have to apologize and I need to, to turn things around really quickly and throw the brakes on something I said before I went into my tease. I was trying to go into my tease, but I left out a couple of very crucial words. I said... Andy Dalton's a better quarterback than Cam Newton. I meant to say better quarterback for this situation than Cam Newton because I think when Cam Newton's on the field and he's healthy, I think he's a better quarterback. Andy Dalton's healthy more, but I still think Cam's better. But I just wanted to clear that up. I know Heckma was about to just lose his mind going into that last segment because of what I had said. And I did say the wrong thing, but I meant to say better quarterback for this situation. Is that better, Heckma? Look, I, I was going to let you make it with it, Kyle. I really was, man. I was going to let it go, but I appreciate you correcting it. <laughs> well, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that I was able to clear that up, at least, coming out of this next segment. Now, uh, I did want to kind of go into this conversation of a new 88 in town. CeeDee Lamb, of course, selected 17th overall by the Cowboys a couple weeks ago during the 2020 NFL Draft. And, and the expectations are there, guys. The fact that he's the best receiver potentially uh, in the 2020 draft. But I, I kind of wanted to add maybe a, a question mark here. You're adding the number 88. And I know it's just a jersey number. I know it's a, a whole big lore. It, it's going to sell some extra jerseys. But the fact that you're putting that number on a rookie, I just kind of want to get your conversation piece here. And Isaiah, you're the only one that's had a, a number in the NFL. Is there anything to it, the fact that there's that 88 lore of guys like Des Bryant, Drew Pearson, Michael Irvin that have worn that jersey before you and, and carried on a legacy? Chris, mute your so, mic. I'm probably the wrong person to ask this question to because I have never been attached to numbers. right? I've always been the guy who like, give me never. that number. You know, Never, Isaiah. I, I will make my you know make of it whatever I can based upon my performance, right? So right. the fact that the that the owner of the organization that you just got drafted to is saying, hey, you're wearing this jersey, right? <laughs> 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 I know you want to wear number ten, but you're wearing Uncle Drew's number, you're wearing Michael Irvin's number, you're wearing Dez's number. This is what you're doing. Um, I think that there is some pressure that that's applied to that, right? And there's pressure that he's not applying to himself. It's pressure that literally that Jerry is throwing on his shoulders before he can even show up in town. So um, he is going to have to perform based upon Jerry's expectations, right? Not only his expectations as a, as a first-round pick, but his expectations of what that number symbolizes for this organization. So there is weight. Let's not let's let's not you know kid ourselves. There's, there's weight that comes with that, but I don't want him to apply that 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 pressure to himself. I hope that he can just come out here, ball out like he like he knows how to do, uh, play free. Um, but there's going to be that population, including the person who writes his checks, that are expecting that that type of performance that comes with that number. And Isaiah, real quickly, kind of based off of what you were saying, you are talking about the owner's expectations, and you're talking about the expectation of wearing 88. What are those expectations? And that's kind of where I'm, I'm leading this question because 88, I mean, I mentioned the three names already. It's, it's either Hall of Fame or Hall of Fame caliber for a, a good amount of time type of production here. Is that the expectation that's put on them from Jerry Jones? Absolutely. 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it, it, it sucks for him, right? It sucks for him. But, you know, like I said, hopefully he can just come in and just not even think about it. He's going to continually get reminded about it, but he really needs to just come in and play free. Uh, it, that, that is expectation. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. You know, 88 bears weight. You know, Uncle Drew mm-hmm. was a beast. You know, Mike was a beast. Dez was a beast. Unfortunately, you know, his career kind of got cut short, but, you know, he was on that on that path as well. And, you know, I think that CD will come in and take care of business. It's not fair to put that kind of pressure on somebody. I think that probably Dallas is probably one of the few spots in the entire league where there are a number has that much significance mm-hmm. uh, at a particular position. So, um, you know, he's got to deal with it, but he'll be all right. Yeah, there's some numbers in this franchise that just don't get reused. I mean, 88's not one of them. Eight seems to be one of them. 22 seems to be one of them. I'm with Isaiah. I mean, when you get 88 here, though, uh, it's, it's Michael Irvin because Michael Irvin is talking about it in the media now this week talking about what it means so immediately there's it restores the tradition and the memories and 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 what that number has been associated with drew pearson as well des bryant um i will say that coming into this situation he doesn't have to be the savior of this offense he doesn't even have to be the top two wide receivers you know the the top the top guy is making 20 million bucks a year he just needs to come in and, and that's Amari Cooper. CD just needs to come in and fill his role. And, and I think based on the talent of this offense, I think that eases some of the pressure, Absolutely. even though clearly 88, it's always linked uh, to greatness, basically. Yeah, man. I, I mean, the, for me and my generation, man, 88 is, is all Michael Irvin. You know, everybody knows Drew Pearson wore it before Mike has set the standard for 88. But, man, you know, it, it, it's you, you talk about the pressure, right? You talk about the pressure and the number, and the Cowboys have had those numbers that no one will wear 12, 22, other numbers that we, we know are legendary uh, numbers. But 88 is synonymous with greatness at the wide receiver position, just like 54. I mean, that's I mean, all of these numbers are reminiscent, and if you look – through the halls of the Dallas Cowboys, these numbers mean something. If you look at other teams, 75 means something in Pittsburgh, right? And so mm-hmm. we talk about the, the pressure that C.D. Lamb may be under, but the truth of the matter is, you know, look, he, he was going to be under pressure whether he wore 10 or whatever number he wore. And so, well, like the saying goes, pressure bust pipes or makes diamonds. Guys, Exhibit A, we got a diamond right here. And so this, this should be nothing uh, for C.D. Lamb. He walks into a situation tailor-made for, for a young guy where there's already dogs there to help him and groom that talent. All he has to come in and do is play ball. And, with, I mean, he's going to look beautiful in those two eights on his back. And you know what I didn't realize, heck, was that I think 12 guys have worn the number. Like Jackie Harris wore the number in 2000, yep. wore 88. Mm. Antonio yep. Bryant, when he got drafted in, I think, 2002. Um, yeah, Antonio Bryant, but, yeah. But, yeah, there's only three guys you ever associate it with. And for good yeah. reason, right? Of course. Now, it does kind of help, and you mentioned this a little bit earlier. I think both Isaiah and Heckma touched on it. Oh, and well, Rob touched on it too, so all three of you. But the fact that you don't have to come in and be the star, even though that number is associated with being a star, that's not the expectation year one. It might be year three, four, five, potentially, but year one, you're coming into an offense that has Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper, and you're able to open things up. How... We haven't seen an NFL season that has had an an individual team that has had three separate 1,000-yard receivers since, I believe, 2008 when the Cardinals did it. Is there an opportunity the Cowboys even have a chance to reach that kind of mark where we have three separate 1,000-yard receivers and then also have touches for your running back in Ezekiel Elliott and also maybe even some receptions for Blake Jarwin? Absolutely. I mean, the the NFL is wide open now. This is a passing league. And so Mm -hmm. it's about time that we see that three thousand yard receivers on the same same team and also a potential Hall of Fame running back. I'm putting that pressure on Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, But guys, that's the kind of team that we have. And that's how fast we're going to play. If you look at Mike McCarthy and what he did in his tenure at Green Bay, he liked to pay 
he liked to play up-tempo, pace, uh, and passing the ball around. So I, I see the same thing being added here uh, at the Dallas Cowboys with how we're going to play tempo and pace uh, in the passing mm-hmm. game. So that's foreseeable uh, for, for three receivers to have 1,000 yards. I don't know, heck. You know, I, ride, me, I, know, me, I, know. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I know. Heck, heck, I know. I know you've been over there playing Madden. You know what I'm saying? You guys are all nine. Oh, yes. I normally ride with you, but I can't ride with you on this one, man. A three thousand yard receivers is crazy, right? It's, right. It's a lot. It's, it's a, it is a lot. It, and it, Isaiah, let me. Lot. Isaiah, let me ask you this. Let me ahead, ask you this, Isaiah. Last year, how many yards did Cobb have? I think Cobb finished with 800 yards, 800 uh, combined for this for the season. I mean, that's okay. I mean, he was 160 away from being a thousand yard receiver. So look, that's the same. Uh, I mean, you you take out some of those drops, he's there. Uh, and so we might have had that last year if you just look at the numbers from Gallup and Cooper. Okay. Okay. So I'm just saying, you know, it's not like I, I'm far off, you. man. I, I feel you. However, okay. there's there's more weapons this year significantly mm-hmm. than there was last year. Just just okay. straight up off the, off the draft alone, right? You have absolutely just you have two. You got a, you got a dog at running back, mm-hmm. right? You have a tight end that you think has some go juice, right? You got Coop who you paying him you're paying him over a million dollars a game. He's gonna get the rock. Every game, mm-hmm. right? He's you're gonna force him the ball. He's getting force fed. He can be as quiet as he wants to. He's gonna get the ball at least t- you know ten, ten to ten, seven to ten attempts a game, right? And then you got CD that's gonna be on the inside. You got Gallup on the other side. You have five guys that you have to spread the ball out to, right? If you really wanted to say, you could take away your tight end and you could take away Gallup, right? There's still three guys that you are going to be force feeding the ball to. It is gonna be hard for those guys all to get get a, the proper amount of touches while still maintaining the main goal, which is what? Move the ball, move the sticks, get touchdowns. Yes. Right? It's not going to mm-hmm. be focused on one guy getting the ball. It's going to be spread out. Whoever's open gets the rock. Hopefully that's the way it is. And I just it's, it's going to be hard to, for, for guys to, to eat like that. So you, what you're, what you're okay. hoping for is that everybody can perform well. You don't need anybody to perform great. You don't need it. Right? You just need everybody to perform well. And that's the, that's the positive side about taking – Having all this talent on one team and being able to take down that pressure by, by position. You also, Man, heck you also got, heck got, sorry, oh, go Rob. Well, heck, just yeah. got me rethinking that that hypothetical right there when I looked it up. Randall Cobb did have 828 yards last year. Yeah, that was that's that was approaching a thousand. But but I, I'm with Isaiah. That that seems that seems tough to accomplish, especially if Zeke is going to be heavily involved like Mike McCarthy says he still will be and and remember you know this defense has made some some good additions and they're they're trying to revamp things uh, but you may want to lean on your running game some to try to protect yes. your defense in some games this year so uh, the more you do that the less opportunities you've got to really spread it around even though there's no question they've got the, the potential to be a wide open passing offense and while we're throwing in last season as the comparative season of trying to get 3,000 yard receivers, I don't know if you want that, to be fair. And kind of going back to Rob's point, you want your running back to have touches. You don't want to be 8-8 eight and eight and behind in games to the fact that you're trying to throw the football late and get these guys open. Sure, they're going to be open because they're three stud wide receivers and they're going to, to find their way open. They're going to have their fair share of production, but you don't necessarily want all three of those guys just getting the ball thrown to them as much as they had. Dak had a 4,900-yard passing or uh, yeah, 4,900-yard passing season last year. The fact that you even had that was because you were behind late in games and you were throwing the ball when you didn't really want to. I'm not saying that the running game is the the primary focus here, but it's a focus that's going to help you win football games and help you close out games late instead of throwing the football, and it's going to help you move the sticks and, like Rob said, help your defense at the same time, and it's still a defense that has some holes. That sounds fun, doesn't it? It does sound fun. (laughs) Now, I I thought you were the vice president of Team 40 Burger. What happened to you, bro? I I wasn't necessarily on Team 40 (laughs) Burger unless CeeDee Lamb was involved. That was the thing. Mm -hmm. I I just didn't believe CeeDee Lamb was going to fall to 17, so I I took myself out of, of Team 40 Burger. I'm running a half marathon because of it. In, in a couple of days. So the the fact that I was even a part of Team 40 Burger was solely based on the, the, the 
falling of C.D. Lamb to 17. So even with that being said, you gotta you gotta have the balance between the two. You have a 90 million dollar running back in the backfield, and Tony Pollard, who I think is an underdog in this statement as well. I think Tony Pollard's going to have a great year in terms of coming out of the backfield, opening things up for an offense that's going to see more of a modern look. So I think with the combination of Zeke and Pollard in the backfield, along with these wide receivers, is more exciting than let's just throw the ball everywhere. Yeah, I know you're 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 still the president. (laughs) Go ahead, <laughs> no, I just say you're absolutely right, Kyle. I mean, but I want everybody to remember that the whole intention of the offense is to move the sticks, right? Consume right. time, move the sticks, right? And that's the premise, right? It's not about having these receivers that they that go off and have, you know, these 250-yard, 200-yard games. You don't need it, right? Is it nice to talk about? Yeah, it gives us a lot of material to come out here and talk about, but you don't need it. If you have guys and where you're where you got three receivers that all had, you know, five, six catches, you know, 75 yards, 80 yards, you know, that's that's awesome because that means that Zeke has about two touchdowns to, you know, tubbing the thing back there. Dak might have it. So it's so you want a well-balanced offense and you want an offense that has threats at every position that you can't key in on guys you can't double team guys you want it so that defenses can't win and that's really what you're aiming for and i think that's what mccarthy has done uh, along with will and the rest of the squad so uh hats off to them i don't think we need a thousand yard receiver can we get it heck yes we could if we really want to have a thousand yard receiver we can have one um you know we should have one with somebody getting paid over a million dollars a game so yes uh, we could have it but but it's not necessary with this particular offense isaiah isaiah you like i said man if you look around at the nfl right now and you look at the way these defensive schemes are 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 dbs are playing off of receivers. Man, when you were here at the Cowboys and guys were playing you that far off the ball, man, you still be playing, Isaiah. So, I mean, you you look that's just the that's the way the NFL is going these days. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's it's fast, it's a fast place and yes, Kyle, you make a great point. Dak Prescott 4900 yards, you know, th- uh throwing on the year, you don't want that. If you look at those yeah. numbers universally all over the league, that typically is an, ind- an indicator that you had a bad season. You were playing from behind. But that may not be the case anymore in this new NFL. We win one game, and I know if, if, if we win the game in Philly, that same offense goes into the playoffs. And then what are we saying? Is that the new model uh, for success in the NFL? I don't know. It's just hard to throw that away especially as quick as we're going to be able to strike at all three wide receiver positions and and also with our running back. I, man, look, I'm the person. I love the three yards in a cloud of dust philosophy, but I do understand mm-hmm. things have changed, and offenses are wide open now. They get the ball out of your hand, get the ball out of quarterback's hands early, and they are striking. I mean, you look at Kansas City's offense. They are 70, they're a 75-yard play waiting to happen. Everybody mm-hmm. is emulating that. And so, look, that's what get the people in the seats, and that's what the fans are clamoring for, and that's what we're going to give them. That's fair, but, you know, what we talked about on past shows is with the weapons they have on in the passing game and the ability to spread them out, that should help Zeke. That should create running lanes for him and allow him to – to basically create that pick-your-poison offense. Like, I, th- I think based on having those guys on the outside in the slot, you can be more balanced instead of yes. instead of being just one particular way. I, th- I think it actually helps the overall offense. But it is fun to think about. I, w- I didn't know that 08 was the last time where the Cardinals were the last team to do it. Um, that's cool. That's cool. That is Madden numbers right there. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's Madden numbers, and you got to have the combination. you got to have the balance between the three yards in a cloud of dust, like Heckman just said, and the, the, the lightning in a bottle, the quick strike ability. And I think the Cowboys have the opportunity to do both. But if you're going to have a good offense, you need a good defense as well. And the Cowboys have continued to add some of that defensive talent over the course of the offseason. But are they done yet? I don't think they're done yet. We're going to talk about that when we come back after a quick break here on Talking Cowboys. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today in the Stadium Pro Shop or at Stetson.com. 
Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus! A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score September 2019. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. So, you're shopping. And that's when you see it. Aisle 23. Dr. Pepper stack from top to bottom as far as the eye can see. The phrase too good to be true comes to mind, yet there it is. A rich, delicious Dr. Pepper paradise. Wait, did, did that can of Dr. Pepper just open itself for you? They all are. As if to say, so nice to treat you. And even though it feels weird to talk to a can, you pick one up and say, it's so nice to be treated. Dr. Pepper, so nice to treat you. Back to Talkin' Cowboys. Back here for the final segment of Talking Cowboys here on this Tuesday morning. Glad you're with us. Before we get into this final segment, I do want to remind you about how the Cowboys, who are celebrating their 60th birthday, are doing so with main event virtual birthdays. The party doesn't stop just because we're all virtual. We know you all have birthdays to celebrate, and main event is here to help. They have a new platform called Birthday With Me. We've talked about it in the past. Celebrate from your own home on Instagram each day at 2 p.m. Cakes, candles, happy birthday singing, everything that you need for the party. So follow Main Event on Instagram. Tune in to their live story every day at 2 p.m. Central Time to celebrate with others. Main Event still keeping things normal, keeping things fresh throughout these crazy times. Hope you're staying safe out there. Final segment, though. Here of Talking Cowboys, Heckma Harrison, Isaiah Stanback, Rob Phillips, I'm Kyle Yeomans, and I mentioned this going into the last break, guys, but the Cowboys continuing to add talent on defense, and before we get into the fact that I don't think they're done adding talent just yet, I want to talk about Daryl Worley, corner, third-round pick back in 2016, a relatively young corner, but with starting experience, 49 of his 56 games played have been starts. Five interceptions over four seasons in the NFL. He has been added to this defense. And, and Rob, it kind of adds to the shift that we're starting to see in this secondary for the Cowboys and Mike Nolan just wanting these longer athletic corners to go along with guys like Trayvon Diggs as well. First off, a happy early birthday to you. Oh, Based on your early your you. live read that you just had. Yes, Kyle Yeoman's Appreciate birthday it. tomorrow. Um, 21. Yes. Turn it 21, baby. Uh, To your point, talking about DBs, we got off the the show last Tuesday, and Will McClay, Mm -hmm. VP of Player Personnel, did did a call with the media and talked about that very point. And this is kind of the Heckman's point last segment with the way offenses are now, spreading out, getting bigger, faster receivers. Um, They want guys that can play press coverage, especially with what they want to try to do defensively. Guys that can disrupt receivers at the line of scrimmage. They, they felt like the runs on corners kind of went a little differently than normal uh, in, this, in this particular draft. And they were able to get Diggs and Robinson maybe later than, than they should have gone. And, and so then you add Worley, a guy that's 6'1", 215. He just continues that philosophy. He's a, he's a press guy. He can, he's a physical corner. And I thought it was interesting that he played safety uh, for the Raiders for a couple a couple games at the mm-hmm. end of last season just because they needed they, they I think they cut DJ Swearinger and they needed a guy to step in there so once again this is another guy that can come in and play multiple spots for you on defense you know what boy Rob I just want to choke you sometime when you take my points like that man I swear. <laughs> <laughs> you do it so effortlessly uh, but that's what I think the same about Worley and his ability and you, you talked about the presser uh, for Will McClay and also before uh, I believe Mike McCarthy was talking about some of these guys, that some of the picks and some of the guys that we have in the DB room being able to convert 
uh, to safety. And Worley is that that guy that we got that can be a tweener or a hybrid uh, corner uh, safety as well. And so I look for him because of his experience to be added to that already uh, a lot of depth in that uh, DB room. But he's a guy that is going to be able to be benefit these younger guys, be a benefit to these younger guys, but also make a contribution no matter where you put him. And, and again, for us and, and, and what I've been, you know, just clamoring over is the fact that we need a special teams dog. We need more guys that can come in and contribute because that's where we suffered. I see Worley as being a guy that can contribute there as well. But no matter what, you know, he's that hybrid guy that can play safety and the end uh, corner. Heck, when this is all over, man, I can't wait to get back in studio. You can get your hands on me. I, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's all good. Man, I can tell now, you right now. I'm going to keep saying it. I'm going to keep saying it. I'm going to keep saying it. Al Harris. Al mm. Harris. This dude is over there river dancing right now. Would you care to give us an exhibition, Isaiah, yeah. of the river dance that you, you believe Al? <laughs> I'll, give you, I'll give it to you. But okay. no, these guys, they just keep adding the, the, perfect, the, the perfect, you know, size corners. These guys are, you know, we talked about last week, you know, we talked about guys that are attitude. We talked about guys that had a little nastiness to them. This dude is a pest, yeah. right? He's 6'1", yeah. 215. I don't know if y'all know this out there. That is a sizable corner. That's not, yeah. that's not just a tall, skinny corner. That's a corner that has some weight to him. He's not moving, right? right? And we keep talking about that front seven and how, how solid of a front seven we've been able to put together. If those guys are adding pressure, they're pushing the pocket, and you're able to disrupt a receiver at the line of scrimmage, it is going to suck for offenses. Routes have to be so pristine. Routes have to be so on point for guys to even remotely get open because you have a 6'1 dude that has, that has E-Honda hands that is punching you in your doggone chest at the line of scrimmage and not letting you get your timing right, and you have those guys up front. It is the perfect scenario for everybody that's coaching this defense. The Cowboys, listen, I know we're talking a lot about offense. We're going to be talking a lot more about their defense, unexpectedly, exactly. um, because these dudes are going to have some, they're going to, they're going to have some problems. Isaiah, what did you say? He's doing a river dance? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, hey, here's my question. Is... Go ahead. Now, look, my question, though, based on that philosophy of those those big corners, like, can Jordan Lewis catch a break? I mean, I mean because yeah. he, he doesn't fit that role. He's 5'10", nope. whatever he is. And, and like Isaiah said, like, he's got, he's got some dog in him. That guy is a competitor back there, but I don't know – I don't know what this means for him in terms of his role, if, if that's what they prefer, those bigger, longer corners. Well, and you yeah, also love... can – Go ahead, Kyle. Go for so... it, Heckman. No, I was just saying that uh, Jordan Lewis is one of my favorites. I, I think that he is – he's so t – you know, he's a tough guy. Uh, it's unfortunate that he um, got injured. Uh, and, and, but, again, Anthony Brown stepped in and, and played really well uh, until he got injured as well. I mean, but this, this has given us the, these guys that are maulers at the line of scrimmage, and that is who Worley is. He comes in with that tough North Philly attitude. Uh, and a guy that, comes, that also has uh, some, some things in his background as well, looking to make a, a fresh start. He was able to get that uh, with the Raiders. But, you know, again, you, you're right when you talk about Al Harris and the, the group that he has – I mean, he has a bunch of guys that are salty, and he knows that. And I look forward to this Cowboy defense, especially on the back end, just being a bunch of guys that are going to be flying around trying to get those interceptions and take it to the house. And just the size alone, the size alone of our defense, where we went from shorter guys up front, maybe smaller guys at the DB position, just look at how much bigger this team has gotten in a very short period of time. Well, and I think it also – I think it speaks to the, the switch to what maybe Mike McCarthy and Mike Nolan are thinking with some of these corners going to the safety spot. And I know Cheeto Awuzie has been thrown into that conversation. I don't know if he would be better, if Jordan Lewis would be better for a switch there. And I kind of wanted to get you guys' opinion on this, but if they were to take some of these true corners and move them to safety, who would be the best to fit that role just because they don't necessarily fit the role of a longer corner? I think Cheeto's going back there. I said it a couple okay. weeks ago. I think they're moving Cheeto back there. I mean, they got Cheeto and they got Ha Ha. 
right? And we talked mm-hmm. about how they're not going to have to be true true safeties in terms of being able to yeah. come in and rotate down and fill the box. They're not going to have to do that. Our, our, our boys up front are going to take care of that. Don't <laughs> I need people to really recognize how serious of a front seven we have right now. Right. And mm-hmm. like I said, even if we get one of those guys, right, it doesn't matter which guy comes off of suspension. If we get one of those guys, that front seven is stacked. Right. If we can keep mm-hmm. Lee uh, healthy, then that's even more of a problem. Right. But those guys are literally all, all they need to be is ball hawks. Right. You're going to put two six one guys out there on the edges to put hands on guys chest. As soon as they come off the line of scrimmage, every single play, they're going to have their hands on somebody's chest. So that's half a second gone. That's, that's disrupted their route running. And then you've got those guys over the top that have speed yeah. that are long, that are rangy, that can go sideline to sideline just in case the ball gets thrown up there. So these guys aren't going to have to come up here and, and lay, the, lay the big stick. They don't have to knock nobody out. You don't need a Earl Thomas. You don't need a Cam Chancellor. You need these guys that can run around and snag these balls that are going to be thrown up there because of this front seven's pushing the pocket and the quarterback's going to be making these indecisive throws. And I think that Jordan Lewis is going to have a, a bit of a role still in that defense. I mean, the fact that he's better in the slot, I mean, that's going to come up. Look what Philadelphia did with their first overall pick or their first round pick. Jalen Rager, slot receiver from Waxahachie and TCU. He's going to have to have some good games or somebody good to cover uh, throughout the course of the, the rivalry with Philadelphia and then also any of the other 16 games. And I think Lewis fits better in the slot. But Isaiah, you kind of went back to the front seven, and, and I agree. I think the, th- the front seven is better this year than it was that last year, and I think they've continued to upgrade those spots. But I was asked last week on 105.3 The Fan and our friends over there, they asked me, what's the biggest hole on this Cowboys team so far? And I didn't really know how to answer it originally. I was thinking either left guard or right defensive end. And the only reason I, I, I lean toward right defensive end is because it's a huge if still if Alden Smith and Reg- Randy Gregory, either one of those guys, get reinstated. Sure, it'll help out. I just don't – I'm still not totally sold on either one of those guys. One hasn't been in the league for a multitude of years. The other one hasn't necessarily – produced uh, as much as you would think for a guy that uh, had his caliber coming out of college. So I, I bring that question to you. Right defensive end, could you still add some spots to there? Because you've already grabbed Bradley and I, but is there anybody else that you could go out and potentially grab? And I'm not necessarily saying uh, a Jadavian Clowney or a Griffin or anybody like that. Just something else depth-wise to that right defensive end spot. I think you definitely add some depth. I mean, you never can. I mean, obviously, these guys are, are focused on adding depth at every position, regardless mm-hmm. of the competition. So I think we definitely can add some more depth there. Do I feel like that's a hole? No, I don't believe that's a hole. I think we're going to get one of those guys off of suspension. Um, I think we're going to be perfectly fine up there. I do want to add another linebacker. I want to mm-hmm. add another linebacker because, you know, obviously Lee, like me, has had, you know, injury issues. You know, some things you just can't prevent, but we need we need somebody to fill that position just in case, right? Um, I think that if he's not in there, I think there's going to be a substantial hole there. And you need somebody that has the has the, the stature and then has the drive as, uh, as Jalen Smith and, and Vander Edge. I think you need some guys like those guys that are going to fulfill that role to be able to run and fill those gaps. Those are, those are some big dudes that are that are moving at a high at a high rate. So I think you yeah. can't afford to lose at that position. The offensive line, I'm not worried about that either. I think we're good there. So yes, we can add another in just for uh, insurance policy, but I, I prefer to add another linebacker at this point. I agree. I was thinking linebacker too when you guys were yeah. talking. And, and you know, it kind of depends on what what the new staff thinks about some of the young guys that are on this roster that we don't True. maybe know yet, you know, because Luke Gifford's a guy that that flashed before he got hurt last year at linebacker. Uh, maybe maybe they're high on him. Um, what do they feel about Dorrance Armstrong and Jalen Jelks? You know, some of I was the thinking about Jelks. Yeah, Joe Jackson, guys mm-hmm. they drafted last year. We're not really sure, you know. So those are young players that they thought had promise last year, but it just depends on. You know, if you bring in new coaching staff and what they think of those guys. Yeah. I think a, a lot of the story is starting to come together on what they think about guys based off of the free agents that they're bringing in. And, and so I, I just believe that when you, to your original, to your question, uh, Kyle, about how we feel about, you know, implementing new guys to the deep right end or offensive line, you know, I believe that those questions are there for the defensive, for the right end position because of what we lost and what's hanging in the balance for guys getting reinstated. So look, all things, I just feel as though we are in a position 
in, in a very positive position with Alton Smith and Randy Gregory being reinstated and all of those things happening, I believe that you feel comfortable going into the season with the nine Gregory and Smith uh, and fighting it out uh, during, during two a days. But with a team like this, you can never have enough guys at the linebacker position. I mean, with the way if they're going to play that 3-4-4-3 hybrid, those are the positions, DBs, linebackers, that you're going to have to be trump tight uh, on those. And so you see the Cowboys getting all those DBs, but obviously they're satisfied with the guys that they have at the linebacker position. And also, if you're going to make any moves Look, you can be patient with that because there are going to be a number of guys that I talk, said last week. There are going to be a number of guys that are going to be cut. Free agency is going to ramp back up here in a minute, and you may have an opportunity to get a guy that you may not necessarily thought would have been that have landed uh, to you. Well, when we talked about it last week, we didn't think the Cowboys were done. We thought they were going to add a couple of guys. They did just that. Daryl Worley was signed a couple hours after we got off the year last Tuesday. And then you turn around and Andy Dalton is now a Dallas Cowboy as well. I don't think they're done. I think they're still adding. And I think we're going to have maybe somebody to talk about next week. That's a new Dallas Cowboy heading into next Tuesday. But that's going to do it for this Tuesday's edition of Talking Cowboys. Happy Cinco de Mayo to everybody out there. And hope you're staying safe staying indoors and, and we continue to push toward football but for now for heck by harrison for isaiah Stanback, and for the great rob phillips i'm kyle yeoman saying so long thanks for listening and watching some talking cowboys this has been a production of dallascowboys.com and the dallas cowboys football club how about this cowboys yeah!